The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And we have another great episode for you today where we are thrilled to have an expert with us that we have been working with over the past several years, you know, on our various different events that we run. Uh, as you may or may not know, Cognolytica, the, the hosts of this podcast, Kathleen and myself, you know, we, we run these communities that are bringing together thought leaders from various different organizations and industries. On the one hand, on the government side, you may have heard some of those interviews uh, from our AI and government series, and also from the enterprise side with our enterprise data and AI series. And if you're not familiar with Cognolytica and the AI Today podcast, we've been going strong now for five years. This is over 240 plus episodes. And we've been spending a lot of our time helping our audience understand what is happening with AI today, which is why we call this podcast AI Today. Not much of a surprise. And, you know, we spend our time uh, pretty much evenly between these interviews that we have with thought leaders, as well as education. So if this is the first episode, you should tune into our educational series on AI failures, also our education on AI methodologies and how to do AI right. We're actually in the middle of recording a long series of podcasts on automation to intelligence, the journey, the roadmap from going there. And we spend some time also on ethical and responsible AI and many other topics. So, so really, we really encourage you to stay connected with us and listen to all these podcasts to educate yourself and inform yourself not only on what others are doing, but how you yourself can do AI right. So on this particular podcast, I am thrilled to introduce and have here as our guest, our guest expert is Anil Kumar, who is the Executive Director at AI Industrialization at Verizon. Thank you, Anil. Thank you so much for joining us in the AI Today podcast. Thank you, Ron, and thank you, Kathleen. And uh, hi, everyone. Uh, once again, uh, I'm in front of you for AI Today. And uh, let me share a little bit about myself first, and then we'll get right into the podcast. Perfect. Uh, myself, Anil Kumar, as you heard from Ron. And uh, I am working in Verizon right now from last 16 years. My current title is um, executive director, AI industrialization. But I started my career in Verizon almost 16 years back in wireless data solutions. And then I have worked in many parts of the organization. I worked in e-commerce. I uh, worked in building products, network products for Verizon. Also, I was uh, heading HR systems once upon a time. And also, I have worked in employee experience. And then four or five years back, I landed into this organization, which was responsible for data and data platforms and innovation and AI. And guess what? I fell in love with data so much that now I'm here from last four years, and I'm pretty basically responsible for AI industrialization. And I have basically taken care of data science uh, work stream, ML work stream, uh, reporting platforms, innovation, and also the journey of taking our data management platforms 
on-prem all the way to cloud. All right. Well, that was a great introduction. So thank you so much for, for introducing yourself to our audience and helping set the tone for today's podcast. You know, some of our listeners may not be familiar with AI industrialization, the term and the concept. So what is it? Maybe you can explain that to our listeners very quickly. And then how is Verizon moving from pockets of AI and ML to artificial intelligence and machine learning really being implemented across the organization? Thanks, Kathleen. I'm very passionate about AI industrialization, and I need to set the context how did we arrive to AI industrialization before I explain what is AI industrialization? As I said in my introduction, four years back, when I started working in this area, we started bringing all the data sets into data lake and in warehouse to do the data analysis. And we started building AI models, ML models. And at the same time, what we saw that pretty much every data scientist was using their own process of building the models. When it comes to the experimentation, they were using their own processes to do experimentation. Even looking at the stability of model, explainability, pretty much everything they were doing manually and they were doing their own way. And at the same time, all data scientists were sitting in different pockets. And because they were sitting in different pockets, they were following different standards. And what we realized that if we truly want to scale AI throughout Verizon, what we need to do is we need to industrialize the AI. And the reason we thought to industrialize the AI, this way we can bring all the processes in a standard way we can rationalize all the tools and platforms. And at the same time, we can increase the scale of AI. Because if you do something in a standard way and you remove all the silos, then you can move fast. And at the same time, you can bring AI in every part of the business. And that's why we came up with this something called AI industrialization. And if I have to give you an analogy, the AI industrialization is nothing uh, different than the car companies building an assembly line where they can put a chassis on one side of the assembly line and robots can do their individual job. And on the other side of the assembly line, you can get a finished product. And that's the faster way to produce cars. Similarly, to build the uh, AI solution at scale, we said, let's industrialize the AI. And that's where we came up with this term, AI industrialization. That's interesting. I don't think a lot of people think of AI from this perspective, industrialization, which is making things repeatable and predictable and established process and reliable and all these things. Because, you know, um, for, a lot of, for a lot of folks, you know, AI has, uh, you know, been very... Um, you know, experimental and people running a lot of proof of concepts. We talk a lot about this in our methodology, in our CPMAI methodology, how you really need to, you know, not treat AI like uh, like like an experiment and really focus on 
pilots where it's being used in production. And so, uh, you know, that's a really interesting perspective on that. And actually, this kind of leads me to the next question, because a lot of that is not really about technology. These aren't like you've invented some new way of, of building machine learning models and some new GPU or something. A lot of this is about change management, process management. So what sort of cultural changes have you found needed to be put into place to make AI industrialization a reality? And you know how do you um, you know how do you recommend others other organizations who are interested in in following suit you know take similar approaches? So one of the thing is and this is a great question on because a lot of uh, people and a lot of organizations they start an AI project and even as of today only thirty percent of AI projects sees light in end of the tunnel or they go to production. 70% they just becomes a science project or a college project. And the reason behind that is because they don't follow the standards. As you said, we didn't reinvent anything in ML or AI. We, we didn't come up with GPU or we didn't even come up with a new algorithm to solve the problem. All we did is standardizing the process end-to-end. -end. And when I talk about AI industrialization, it, it will not be a good idea to forget about data industrialization. The data industrialization and AI industrialization, they go hand to hand in hand. So one of the question thing, as you asked, the cultural thing, what we had to change is we have to organize ourselves differently. Earlier, we used to have data engineering organization all over the place within the horizon. And also data scientists were in different groups of the different parts of the business. What we did is we stood up a new organization, which we called a CDAO organization, Chief Data and Analytic Officer Organization. And we brought all the data engineers, all the analysts, all the data scientists into that organization to make sure we can, they can follow the same standards. And when I say same standards, starting from the data to all the way putting AI into the production. So that way we can move faster. Now somebody can ask, hey, just by changing the process, how can you move faster? And I tell them there are always three things, people, process, and technology. And what we did, we not only change the culture, but also we industrialize all three by standardizing the process, by standardizing the technology and bringing the people together so that way we can cultivate the same culture across the organization too. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. Verizon is not a small company. I don't think changing culture is something that happens overnight or necessarily is easy. So that's great that you did that. And you're right, you know, you do want to focus on that people, process, technology. So for, since Verizon is not small, I mean, you know, we, we talked about that. Um, we talk with organizations of all sizes, right? And there's opportunities with when it comes to size, both ways, right? Some some small organizations have different opportunities than large ones. So 
For Verizon specifically, what are some of the unique opportunities that adopting artificial intelligence across an organization as large as Verizon presents? And then on the flip side, what are some of the challenges and, you know, maybe roadblocks or things that you needed to overcome when doing that as well? So uh, if I talk about opportunities, opportunities are everywhere. You you name it. Uh, Wherever you go, you will find AI opportunities. Where it all starts is with the problem statement. If you can define your problem statement absolutely in a correct way, and you know what you are trying to solve, it's very easy to solve. But as you mentioned, Kathleen, that Verizon is a pretty large organization. Yes, it is. We are almost 135,000 strong uh, employees of Verizon. So you can imagine how large it is with the almost revenue of 135 to 140 billion dollars a year and that size of uh, organization to make a change and finding the opportunity is not easy task so definitely the way we organized when we brought these teams together in CDO organization we created one functional organization which we call business enablement and the business enablement team job was to sit with business, look at all different opportunities, and then define the problem statement. What are we trying to solve? And then they will bring it back to the data scientists, data engineers, ML engineers, and other folks to make sure we solve it in the right way. Now, you asked another question that where there are opportunities, there are always challenges. The challenge is always one that as you said initially, the culture. You can bring the people together in one organization, but it takes time to bring that culture, that same uh, way of operating. And what we did is we took help of the technology to make sure that we can change that culture step by step. And of course, the change management uh, was a huge task for us to do to change this culture. But at the same time, What we did is we started industrializing the data by making sure that we have metadata, we have business taxonomy, we have a discoverable data, we have data catalog, which makes it easy for data analyst or data scientist to discover the data, explore the data and understand what this data is. Once they understand, we created a feature factory by which they create all the features once. Instead of doing feature engineering again and again, they can do the feature once and everybody can use. So we created a feature factory, feature discovery. Once they create features, they can do auto ML. We standardize on that platform to do auto ML. Once they do auto ML, we standardize on even the model workbench so they can build the models. Similarly, we pretty much took the technology and standardized the process and technology across the board to change this culture. But it was not an easy task. And still we are facing challenges because this area is evolving very fast and pretty much everybody comes up with new techniques. And then we have to ratchet back and say, no, 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 no. Let's follow the standard until we adopt the new standard. And that's a constant challenge we are going through. Right. That's one of those jokes that 
there's always a new standard, right? <laughs> and you can always standardize standards. So, you know, it's like, you know, the thing about 14 standards is that we need a 15th standard to get all the other 14 standards to work with each other. So it's, it's just the way it always is. But, you know, the thing is, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with people and leadership and establishing practices and that sort of stuff and having some flexibility so that if something breaks, you don't have to come up with something completely new. Uh, agility, right? That's what all this is all about. So um, I think this has been really great. I mean, honestly, we could spend a lot more time just talking about change management. And I think for our listeners, you might actually start hearing us talk a lot about more about that. And even though this podcast is AI today, um, honestly, a lot of it's a bit of a, uh, I would say it's a head fake. And that's like, yeah, we're talking about AI, but really we're talking about data. And, and automation and process and change management and governance and these things, which um, are there regardless of whether or not you are, you know, approaching new technologies and doing innovative things with machine learning or not. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to sort of dig into that further, um, you know, but, but staying here on this podcast and staying focused on where things are at, because people are really are very interested. Verizon is a major organization. And I think a lot of our listeners are probably Verizon customers in one way or another, especially if you're in the United States. If you're outside the United States, maybe not so much, but there's a lot of companies like Verizon outside the U.S. who are doing very similar things like Verizon, right? And Verizon partnerships are uh, internationally as well. So maybe you could talk to us from your perspective, you know, um, you know, what do you believe this is our, our usual last wrap up question that we ask is, you know, what do you believe the future is of AI, you know, in general, and also its application to organizations like Verizon and beyond? So that, that's a great question, Ron. And when I think about AI and uh, where AI is today and what will be the future of AI, I always think about one thing. The way we have digital divide in this country today and throughout the world, where people who has access to the internet, they have more information on their fingertips versus the folks who doesn't have internet accessible. They, 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 they lack the information and that creates a digital divide. In my view, in next five years or 10 years, that kind of divide is gonna happen. There'll be an AI divide. There'll be people who are on the right-hand side of the AI and who are gonna be on the left-hand side of the AI. It's gonna be no different than the digital divide. The folks who are using AI in everyday matters will be able to get information faster make decision faster versus the folks who are not using the AI and ML, they will not be able to make decisions at the speed of light, which uh, in today day and age, business is moving at that speed. So that's my view. It's gonna create a divide. And uh, I hope the most of the folks are gonna stand on the right-hand side of this divide and use AI ML in their day-to-day -day, uh, matters so they can make decisions faster. Now on the Verizon side uh, of the house, we have a lot of things going on. We are using AI in a lot of uh, different areas, especially in servicing our customers, making sure that when somebody calls us, we can route their calls to appropriate uh, customer rep 
or we can make sure that if they can uh, if we can solve their problem right on ivr uh, through the uh, ai we are trying to solve their problems right on ivr similarly if somebody comes to our website we try to make sure that we personalize all the content as well as we give the right device recommendation so they don't have to spend a lot of time on website searching for that right device if we know you who you are if you are our customer or a prospect and if we know about your preferences and if we know what you like and dislike we can present a right device similarly we are using ai in network too where we should build the 5g cell site where we should increase our capacity how we can run our network smoothly make sure we provide the best experience to our customers from a device perspective from network perspective whether it's data or voice so pretty much we are using ai in day to day operational uh, matters as well as in customer experience means i don't know any place where we are not trying to use ai and machine learning to provide a best customer service or a best experience to our customers starting from network all the way to site and store i have a, we have some really interesting personal uh experiences actually with with verizon and and your ai systems because we're actually both Verizon customers in different ways. I mean, we're, we're both Fios customers, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. And Kathleen, maybe you might be cell phone as well. Um, and and one of the things that uh, we experienced is like we were using the chatbots, using the conversational assistants. We've had some weather-related outages. So just want to point out not, not you know, cause of any other kind of service. Like, you know, the weather, weather happens. We've had some snowstorms. We've had some crazy things. And um, I actually, I remember when I first wanted to use Verizon services, I you know, rather than calling up the phone, I just like, oh, I just went onto the chat service and I said, I'd like to get this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this particular offer. And I think there was a human in the loop. It's actually, I was kind of nice because I think some of it was automated and some of it was a human in the loop. So it's kind of nice that I didn't really, didn't know too much about that. It was, uh, some of it was, uh, was trans was, 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 uh, it was hidden. So that was kind of nice, a little bit of a Turing test there. <laughs> I don't know if I was talking to a human or a machine. Um, and that worked out really very smoothly. And at the same time, there was also, I think we had this experience of the recent outage where it's like the, the, like the webs, this is kind of one of those issues where it's like the data needed to be caught up. And I think the website wasn't yet aware of the fact that there was like a big outage. Like it wasn't just like, you know, you're, you have an outage because when an individual has an outage, you, you want to walk them through some steps to make sure that they're not, you know, the individual is not a bonehead, like the router was off or, or the cable was unplugged or your computer is off or something, you know, so, or you're not connected to the Wi-Fi. So it makes sense. You go through all that checklist, but, 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 but there actually was a big outage. And I think, I think at that point, it became easier to pick the pick up the phone and call someone and say, "Hey, there's there's an outage." So, so even even at organizations like Verizon, which are making fantastic use of data, really ahead of the curve. Actually, I was very very it was a very pleasant experience, honestly, working through these, these occasions. There's still opportunities, right? There's still opportunities to make better use of data and better use of AI. Let me let me add to that, Ron, and and you know, this is a very recent example where we used AI to really serve our customer in a better way. Uh, when the pandemic started, we realized that we cannot send a 
uh, tech uh, into people's home because of the pandemic. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we resolve their problems. And that's where we used the AI and we used AR, VR, where the tech can go outside of the home and they can just enable uh, this experience through the AR, VR. And we were able to relay back uh, everything what customer is seeing back to our uh, uh, call centers. And, and the field technicians were able to resolve all the problems without even entering into the customer premises. And that worked very, very well. And uh, during the pandemic, we, 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 we felt that, wow, AI can do a lot more than what you even can think. I agree. And I, I think that that, you know, goes into how you answered the last question with that digital divide, where companies that are not going to be, you know, forward leaning with technology may not be affected today, but eventually it will catch up with them. And the divide is going to become so massive that they may not be able to keep up. And who knows what happens, you know, go out of business or whatever. Um, so, you know, also when you brought up about, um, how you can personalize experiences. That is also super important where, you know, maybe somebody has multiple Verizon things that they use like Fios and cell phone service and someone else doesn't. It's nice if the system can understand that so that it really is targeting, you know, it's not, if I'm not a Verizon uh, like mobile customer and it's giving me all these things with the mobile offering, I, I don't care, right? I don't use that. So it's nice that you're able to really understand and personalize and it all comes down to the data, right? How you're managing that data, how you're using that data and then presenting it to the customer. So this has been a really incredible podcast. Anil, I want to thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kathleen. And thank you, Ron, for giving me opportunity to share my thoughts and experiences with the audiences. Yeah. And in case, our, I know that our listeners, um, if you've been listening to us for a while, know that we also run an AI and government community and an enterprise data and AI community. We were fortunate enough to have Anil with us at our December 2021 Enterprise Data and AI event. I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do so. You can register to watch the replay. It's available for free as long as you register with the link. And I definitely encourage you to check it out. We dig deeper into some of these topics. I know that um, Anil also really goes into AI industrialization at Verizon as well. So if you're interested in learning more at all about that topic, definitely check that out. And then as our listeners know, we are big advocates for doing AI right. Um, and following best practices and methodologies. We're advocates for the CPMAI, the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology. Give it, uh, check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. You can go to courses.cognolytica.com to learn more. It's a methodology, you know, teaches you how to do AI right. We had a big uh, AI failure series podcast series that we did. And we dug into, you know, various reasons that we see why AI projects fail. So please don't be a statistic, follow best practices so that you don't, you don't make those mistakes. And as always, listeners, we love to hear from you. So please do reach out if you have any questions or comments and rate us 
please rate our, our, our podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform, and make sure to subscribe as well so that you can get notified of all future episodes that we have coming up. We have some uh, additional interviews as well as we're digging deeper into our education series as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.